This is the Dafyomi Masechta Review, Masechtek Subis, tape number three. For subscription information, call us toll free at 1 888 Dafyomi or write Dafyomi Tapes, P.O. Box 831, Muncie, New York 10952. This tape is dedicated in memory of Tziona Bas Yaakov Makovsky, Zechrano Lavracha. Our Magid Shir is Rabbi Yossi Heber. This tape is in Masechta Ksubis, and it begins with the Mishnah on Daf Memvav Amid Beis. And the Mishnah says, When a girl is a Katana or a Nara, a father can marry off his daughter to whoever he wants, via Kesef, Shtar, or Bia. And the Kedushin, Kesef, belongs to him. So in other words, if it's Kesef, the Kedushin that he gets belongs to him. Also, anything she finds, and all of her Maise Yodeha, also belong to him. He can be made for her Nadarim, and he can be Makabel her Get, as long as she didn't have Nesuin. However, a father cannot eat from the Paris of her property. For example, Paris that she yarshened from her mother. Her husband, once he makes Nesuin, is kinder and gets all the rights that the father had, but also has the rights to the Paris of her property, which are called the Paris of Nichse Melug. But in exchange for that, he must feed her, and he must bury her if she dies. Rabbi Yehuda says he also has to pay for the burial and the death music. And the Gemara says, this Mishnah goes both on a Katana as well as a Nara. The Pasuk V'yatsa V'hisa L'ishacher This is a Hekish and it teaches us that not only is Kesef good to do the Maisa Kedushin but both Shtar and Bia are also good to do the Maisa Kedushin. If she finds a Metziah then it belongs to her father not her because of Mishum Eva because it will cause bad feelings and then he'll refuse to feed her according to Rashi or he might marry her off to an unfit husband which is the Pshat of Taisus. The Gemara says it's possible that a father could make a wedding for his daughter on Shabbos at Yantif. Aitaisus asks, how is it possible to make a wedding on Shabbos or Yantif? You're not allowed to make a wedding on Yantif since the Pasuk says, Bisamachta Bechagecha. And we learn from Chagiga Davches, Ein Ma'arvin Simcha Besimcha. Taisus answers, either the Gemara means we did it on Erev Yantif or on Rosh Hashanah where Bisamachta Bechagecha does not apply. The Gemara says that the father can accept a get after Erison. Since we learn a hekish from Yatza Vahisa, that just like the father has the right to marry her off, he has the right to divorce her as well. The father, however, cannot eat the Paris of his daughter's own properly as long as she's alive. According to Rabbi Yehuda, he can. We know that a ksuba normally has a value of 200 to a besula and 100 to an almana. But we also know that a man is allowed to write an extra money to a ksuba. This is called Taisefes. He could say, you know, not only will I pay the 200, but I'll give you an extra 500 if we do get divorced. And that is referring to this man after after Nesuin. They got married, they had a full marriage, they didn't marry now, let's say, for a year, and now they get divorced. So, of course, he's mechuyev to pay him both the 200, and he's mechuyev to pay him the taisefes, the extra money in the ksuba. The question becomes, what about if they only had Arison? What is he mechuyev to pay? After Arison, if there is a divorce, the man must pay her the ksuba money, the basic 200 or 100. But if he writes extra money into the ksuba, the taisefes ksuba, and there's a machlaikis, if they divorce after Erison, if she's entitled to this extra money. Since it's possible that he only wanted to give her the Taisefes if he actually brings her into his house as a wife. That's what he had in mind. But maybe if he never actually brought her in with the Nisuin, then maybe he didn't have he didn't intend to pay the Taisefes Ksuba. This is a machlaikis. The Gemara says after marriage, since he gets her Maisa Yodayim, the husband must give her Mizainis Midaraisa. And since a husband yerishes his wife's property if she dies, he must also bury her. This is Midarabanan. And if she is captured, he must redeem her. According to Rava, 
one must also provide his wife with clothing and marital relations, since without Aina, relations, she'll suffer. That's considered Inoi. Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov says that a husband must give his wife clothing according to her age. This is referring to certain styles and certain size depending on, on her age and depending on the season. Because a young person wears different kinds of clothing than an older woman. Therefore, he has to take that into account when he buys her the clothing. According to Rabbi Yosef, a man is mechuyev to spend private time with his wife. If he doesn't, she can ask for a divorce. Lamaskana, the Rambam says, Mizaynis, Begodim, and Tashmish are all mechuyev. The husband is mechuyev in the Minatara. The Magad Mishnah says, Mizaynis and Tashmish Amita are Minatara. But Begodim are only mechuyev midrabanan. The Ramban and the Ran say only Tashmish is Minatara, but all others are only midrabanan. Normally, if a husband has family minhagim different from his wife's family's minhagim, the wife must be oila to her husband's minik, but it's not yorid to the minhagim. But what about after she died, and they had a difference in funeral-related minhagim? It's a machlekes if the funeral for her must follow her family's minhagim or his. If someone became a shaita, Bezdin takes from his assets in order to provide his wife and children with food, clothing, and other things, since these other things that it's referring to are either referring to fragrant spices or money for tzedakah. The Gemara says if a person says, when I die, I don't want to take money from my estate to bury me, i.e. wants his children to get the biggest Yerusha possible and expects the local burial society to handle the funeral. Then we don't listen to him, but we do take from his assets. The Mishnah. A girl always remains in the rishus of her father until she has Nesuin and Chuppah. If her husband is a Kain, she cannot eat Truma until she has Nesuin. In other words, once she has Erisid, she's not allowed to eat Shuma until after she has Nesuin. And the Gemara says, Normally there are 12 months from Erisin until Nesuin. If the husband needed to postpone the Nesuin after the 12-month period, after these 12 months, at that point, he still becomes Mechuyev to feed her, and she is Muteres Betruma. Later, however, this rule was changed, and even after 12 months, she's not allowed to eat Shuma because we're afraid she might accidentally give some of the Shuma, some of the grains, to her brothers and sisters who are not Kohana. And finally, we say if a woman has had Erisin and the father gave her over to Shluchim to bring her to her husband, Mesira, Lashluchim HaBal, she is considered in the Rishus of the Baal even before Nesuin. According to Rav, for everything except Truma. According to Rav Asi, even for Truma. And according to Shmuel, only for Yerusha, for him to inherit her, but for nothing else. Dach Memtes. Once a girl leaves the jurisdiction of her father, even for one hour, even if the shluchim just took her and she never actually married into the suin, the father has no more rights to be made for her nadarim, and she'll never have the misa of skila for nara hamurasa, but she would only get chenek as if she's an asua. The Mishnah. A father is not mechuyiv to feed his daughter while he is alive. In Karim Biyavna, Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah, darshaned two things. Number one, a son gets a Yerusha from the father after he dies. And number two, a daughter gets Mizainus after the father dies. Gemara. Although there is no Chiv to feed his daughter, and Bezdin cannot force him, there is still a mitzvah for him to feed both his daughters and his sons. According to Rameir, one must feed his daughters, Kalvachemer his sons, so they can learn Tyra. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Kalvachemer is for the daughter, so they won't have to be embarrassed collecting money. But the Chiv is actually for both. Rabbi Yechanan ben Breka says, there's no chiyav to support either. In Usha, Usha, by the way, is where the Sanhedrin went after Yavna. They went from Yavna to Usha. They made a takana that a person is mechuyav to feed his sons and daughters while they are ketanim. In fact, Bezdin can even force, force him if he's wealthy, since it's not nice not to feed children. Even the ravens, 
the birds who don't like to feed their children eventually have Rachmanis and do feed their children. Therefore, a human being, of course, should feed his children. If a man is wealthy, Bezdin can force him to give tzedakah. So surely they can force him to feed his children midin tzedakah. In Usha, they also made a takana that if a person wrote all of his property over to his children while he was still alive, he and his wife still have the right to take mezainas from them. It's like there's still a little bit of a shibur. Even though he wrote all the property over, they still have the right to take mezainas. Dafnun. In Usha, they were also misakin that a person who's being free with his money shouldn't give more than one-fifth of his money to tzedakah because he might himself become poor from doing this. 20% is from Aser Tas Renolach. The double ush and the Miser is the maximum. 20% is the maximum that a person should give. The Rambam says 20% is considered a mitzvah min ha-mufchar in dealing with tzedakah. 10% is midas benanis. The Shita Mekubetza says the 20% limit is only for aniyam. But for Tyra, there's no limit if a person wants to support Tyra, since a Yisachar Zvulan partnership is mutter to any limits, and a person could even give more than 20% if it's for that purpose. In Usha, they also said that until age 12, one should deal softly with a child regarding his learning Tyra, i.e. deal by pushing Tyra into him like we push food into an ox. But after age 12, then you're allowed to deal harshly with him. At age 6, a child should begin learning Chumash. At age 10, he should begin learning Mishnah. At age 12, he begins fasting on Yom Kippur. A girl begins fasting at age 11. A one-year-old who is stung by a bee, you give him the membrane of a palm tree mixed with water as a refuah. The Gemara says a child under age 6, if you push him in Tyra, if he's weak, the Tyra will weaken him further. But if he's strong, he'll have a good head start in Tyra versus the other children in the class. In Usha, they also said that a woman who sold some of her nichse malug while her husband was alive, and then she died, so Ma'ikar Adin, at this point, it shouldn't be taken by the Lekech. The husband gets to get it back. Rabbi Yitzchak says, he learned that this halacha, he learned this halacha 40 times until it was in his pocket. In Tehillim, the Pasuk, in Kapitel Kuvav, Ashrei Shemre Mishpat, Eiset Tzedakah Yispachal Eis, this is referring to the Tzedakah of one who feeds his children all the time. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Zechariah Lebracha, Paskins, that Bizman Hazeh, this is not considered Tzedakah, but rather a Chayv since children today stay at home at a young age. They don't go to work. The Gemara says it's also a tztaka who raises orphans and then marries them off. The Pasuk in Tillam in Kapitel Kufyud Beis, A person has fortune and wealth in his house and his tztaka lasts forever. This is a person who learns Tyra and then teaches it to others. The Pasuk in Tillam Kapitel Kufchafches, Urevanim Levanecha Shalem al Yisrael, you will see children to your children, and there will be shalom to Klal Yisrael. It is according to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Since there will be grandchildren, there will be peace, since there won't have to be chalitza and yibam. You only need this if there are no children. But of course, if there are children, you won't need it. Also, once there are grandchildren, there won't be a need for a dintaira for Yerusha, since it's clear who actually will inherit it. When there's no children, it's never clear exactly who inherits it. But once you have children, it's very clear who gets it. The Gemara says that the Takan of Ksubas Benin Dichren is referring to that although the Yerusha of a father is divided equally amongst the sons, irregardless of who their mothers are, they made a Takana that everything that was written in a Ksuba goes to the children of the woman who that particular Ksuba was written to. And just like Ksubas Benin Dichren is only collected from Karka, not Metaltalin, so too Mizainis to the daughters only comes to be paid from Karka, not from Metaltalin. 
However, at a session that the Chacham had in the attic, they made a takana to Rav that daughters can even be supported, i.e. Mizainis, from the metaltolin of their dead father. Others disagreed with this. Dafnun Aleph. Even though we normally paskin like Rebbe when he argues with Chavei Roy, with one Tana, so here we should collect Mizainis for the daughters and the wife, even from metaltolin, but here we paskin like Reb Shimon ben Elazar, that we only collect from the Yerusha for Mizainis, Ksuba and dowry from Karka, not from Metaltalin. Today, however, we hold that since most people don't own Karka, these things can be collected from Metaltalin also. This is Takanas The Mishnah. If a person never wrote a Ksuba when he married, a Psula will still get Masayim, and an Amana will get Mana. And even if he designated a cheap field, one that's only worth 50 Zuz, and she agreed, he still must pay her the 200 Zuz, because that's the normal amount that somebody gets. It doesn't matter what they agreed to. 200 is what she gets. A man is also mechuyev to redeem his wife if she's captured. And even if he doesn't write this particular thing in Aksuba, this is one of the automatic things that goes in Aksuba. He's still mechuyev. This is called pure kaina, redeeming a wife if she gets captured. Also, a man is automatically mechuyev in Mizainis and Rafua, whether he does or whether he doesn't write it into the Aksuba. The Gemara. According to a mayor, if a man tries to marry a woman with Aksuba, he cannot do it. And the marriage may result in bias znus. This chiyav of 200-100 is a Tanai Bezdin that must be kept no matter what's written or not written into the shtar. There are five cases where a person to which money is owed can collect only from free property, i.e. it's still in the reshus of the person who owes him the money. He can't go to nechassim mishubadim that have already been sold to someone else. Think about it, it says robbers who kidnap someone's wife. If after a while they are returned to their husband, then they are allowed to live with their husbands because it's assumed that she had relations with the robbers. If she did have relations, it was Mishum Yira. It was out of fear. Therefore, since she couldn't control it, she's allowed to return to her husband. But if the kidnapper is a king, then she cannot go back to her husband, since according to Rashi, she may have done the act Beratzen, out of anticipation that the king might make her queen. Therefore, we can't rely on the clue that she did it out of Mishum Yira. And since she may have done it Beratzen, she cannot return to her original husband. Others have an issue with this Rashi, since why are we chayshish that she did it baratzen? We have a chazaka that benayis Yisrael k'sheirinayim. So what are we chayshish for? She should be able to return to her husband because she wouldn't have done it baratzen. The Gemara says if a kain gadol marries an almana, although this is aser, if she is captured, according to Abaya, he must redeem her. But according to Rava, Rava he doesn't have to. Dafnun base. If a person marries a mamzeres or an asina, this is also aser. If she is captured, a husband is not mechuyev to redeem her because he shouldn't have been able to marry her in the first place. It was aser. If a woman was captured, and then the husband died, if the husband found out before he died, the Yarshim are mechuyev to Yarshiner. But if he never knew, the Yarshim don't have to redeem her, since only a husband has a chi of perkaina, not the Yarshim. The chi of ksuba of perkaina, which is written in the Nusach in the ksuba of Vinach Liintu, does not apply to them. And the Gemara asks, what if she was captured and the kidnappers want an exorbitant ransom fee? More answers, he only has to pay that exorbitant fee once. But if she's captured a second time, he doesn't have to redeem her. According to Rabbi bin Gamliel, we never pay exorbitant fees to kidnappers because of Tikkun O'ilam. If you pay exorbitant fees one time, then every time they'll know they can ask for it and get away with asking for exorbitant fees. Therefore, Mishum Tikkun O'ilam, you don't do it at all. The same way that the Yarshim must pay for the wife's foods after the father dies, then Bukhuyev to pay for Rafua if she gets sick. According to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, if it's a Rafua Shiyeshba Kitzvah, a one-time charge, then they're putter, since it's not similar to Mizainis, which is a daily expense. 
The next Mishnah. If a person didn't write specifically in the Ksuba that your sons will inherit your Ksuba if you die, Ksuba's been in different, the sons automatically inherit it anyways because of Takanas Chachamim. This is one of the Tanayim of the Ksuba, automatically. Also, he's Chayev to feed her daughters until they're married. This is again a Tanai Ksuba of Bezdin, whether he wrote this in the Ksuba or not. Also, she automatically gets to live in his house if he dies. The Gemara. The Torah wanted daughters to get part of the estate since derech ha'ish l'aretz acharei ha'isha. But the woman has no control over her destiny. And since it's a mitzvah to get married and have children, a dowry to the daughter will make her more attractive so men will want to marry her. The ksuba not only includes the manamasayim, but also includes taisefes ksuba and the dunya. This is the dowry that she brings in. If the husband dies or divorces her, she automatically gets all of these, both the ksuba and the taisefes ksuba. But if she dies first, there is no ksuba, there is no toisefis ksuba, and the husband inherits the nedunya. And in fact, when he dies, everything, including the nedunya, goes over to the sons, specifically the sons that were her sons, ksubas ben indichren. Dachnun Gimel. One should not get involved with transferring Yerushas from one son to another, because you never know if their kids will be tzaddikim or rishayim. A woman is allowed to sell her rights to the ksuba to another person. In fact, she can sell the rights to the ksuba to her own husband. The Rishayim point out that it's usher today to sell a ksuba to her own husband since it's like the ksuba ceases to exist once you sell it to him and it'll be kal of lahitziya. For this reason, it is usher for a man to live with his wife unless a valid ksuba exists. If a woman gives up her rights to the ksuba, she's meichel her rights, she loses her rights to the ksuba spinin dichren since she was mezalzel in the ksuba. However, if she desperately needed the money, that's why she sold it. We don't penalize her since a poor person suffers very much. I.e., it's like being hit a hundred times by a strap with a weight tied to it. Therefore, it's not really her fault when she did it. Therefore, we don't penalize her. If one aide comes from Medina Sayam and tells her that her husband died, then we say she's allowed to remarry, al pi echad, as long as he checks out very well. This is Mishumi Guna If she remarries and then the first husband shows up, she must be Teitse Mizeh Umizeh. And the knight tonight, Ksubas Benin Dichren, does not apply. In other words, the Yarshim do not get the money. For an Arusa, if one dies, the other spouse does not sit Shiva. And if the Kayan, if a Kayan is involved, then he cannot be Matama for her. Because they're not really married. There was no Nesuin that was done. A daughter who lost her father is allowed to get Mazainus from the Yarshim until she has Arisin with a prospective husband. According to Rebbe Lazar, she gets Mazainus till she's a Bageras. If a person marries a Shnia La'arais, Imai is considered an Erva. Aim Imai is a Shnia. This keeps her from being over on the Erva itself. The question is, does she get Tanai Ksuba or not? In other words, does she get Mazainus after his death or not? And we say Taiku. There was a difference in certain Minhagim depending on the place regarding Mazainus. Once a woman from Achuzah, which is in Bavel, married a man from Naharda. So they paskin like the minig from Naharda, since the husband was from Naharda, where they paskin like Shmuel that the sons can't push away the chi of Mazainus. From here the Rishayim learned that when a woman marries another man, she takes on the minhagim of her husband. And finally we say that if a person died and said, give my daughter an ordinary nedunya, an ordinary dowry, and then the price of this dowry went down just after his death, the question is, who gets the extra profit? More answers, the Yusayimim get it. This marks the end of this parak. Now let us begin the fifth parak, Afal P, from the Mishnah. Even though we have a rule for the Ksuba of 100-200, but if someone wants to give more, it's okay. That's called Tesefes Ksuba. 
A woman collects the ksuba money if she already had nesuin, or even if she just had erisin. Or Belazah ben Azariah says, after erisin, she'll get the principle of 100-200, but not the taisefis ksuba, since the only reason he added this taisefis was because he thought he would mamish get to marry her. But if he doesn't get to marry her, he didn't want to add the extra money, and therefore she would only get the 100 or 200. 200 if she's a basula, 100 if she's an almana. Rameyer says, anyone who gives less than the 200, 100, if they do live together, then it's considered like a BS znus. The Gemara. What's the Chiddush of Taisv Ksuba? Of course you can give extra. If a person wants to give more, why shouldn't he be able to give more? Our answer is, mi she'ena shaloi. There's a question if Taisvis Ksuba is considered mamish, part of the actual Ksuba itself, or just sort of something extra beyond the Ksuba, just sort of a PS, but it's not really part of the actual Ksuba. There are 14 Afgaminas brought down in the Gemara between these two things. We'll discuss three of them. Number one. If she sold or was Michael her ksuba, if it was considered part of the ksuba, so she sold this also. But if it was a PS, maybe she didn't intend to sell the extra part. She only intended to sell the base of the ksuba. Number two, prusbal. Normally during Shavias, all chayvis go away and are not due at all. Hillel was misakin a prusbal, and that you can create a chayv that isn't chayv to your friend, but chayv to bezdan. And that doesn't get erased during Shavias. The only chayvis that get erased during Shavias are chayvis to people, not chayvis to bezdan. And since a ksuba is considered a maisa bezdin, if this taisefis is considered part of the ksuba, so shvius would not erase it because it's a maisa bezdin. But if it's considered a ps, then the shvius would erase it. And finally, nizikin we know normally collects from the idis, from the best part of a person's property. A balchayv collects from beninus, and ksuba collects from ziburis, from the worst part. So taisefis ksuba, if it's part of the ksuba itself, then it would get ziburis. But if it's considered a PS, then it's like a regular Belchayv, and it would get Bainanis. The Gemara brought down three Machlaikasin between the scholars of Pompadisa and the scholars of Masav Machasia. These Nafkaminas relate to a woman taking away property or metaltalin from the new Simon. Does she have to swear or not? If a man says to two Adam, write a star and bring a friend a present. Once these two witnesses go and make the transaction, according to the Chacham of Pumpadisa, they don't need to consent with him, to consult with him, before they write the shtar, since we say, Stam Kinyan Luxiva Aymet, the transaction caused it to be chal already. But the Bnei Masa Machas, you say, they do need to consult with him. We passing like Rebbe Loza ben Azariah, that if a woman was only an Arusa, the Taisvis Ksuba, he wrote in the Ksuba, does not go to her, since he only intended to give it to her if they fully actually got fully married, and they had the Nesuin. Rabbi Yasef says, the point of satisfaction is the chibas bia of the first night. It's interesting to point out that today, we do chuppah even if the kala is a nida. It's an extensive machlekes rishayinim on this subject in this particular sugya. The proper time for bia is not by day, but rather by night. The Gemara says if a person pays back part of his loan, Rabbi Yehuda says the original contract should be rewritten. Rabbi Yaisi says, you keep the original contract, but the Malva gives the Leiva a shaver, a receipt, for the partial payment. This isn't as good for the Leiva, since if he loses the receipt, the Malva could then go to Bezdin with the original Shtar and reclaim the whole loan as if to say the person ever paid him any of it back at all. Normally, one can't change the laws of the Torah with a Tanai. However, Rabbi Yehuda holds that Dvarim Sheba a person can make a Tanai that's against the laws of the Torah, and it would be Mekuyim. For example, a person should say, He marries her, but he doesn't want to give her clothing, food, or relations. Rashi and Rambam, the Rambam hold, that Aina 
cannot be forgiven, since it's not a Dover Sheba Mame, and an obligation will stick anyway. Rameir argues and says that he can never do this whole thing at all. Very often the Rabbanan were more machmer in Gzeris Midrabanan than Gzeris Midraisa. Since naturally people are not mavatal things that are in a Torah, it's something from the Torah. Therefore people normally don't play around with it. But things that come from the Rabbanan, people sometimes say, you know, I can be makel on that. Therefore they need strengthening. Chachamim asu chizuk ludivreham. Think about when it comes to demai. Demai is something that has a suffix if truma was taken off or not. We're usually makel, since both, most Ame Haaretz do take off truma. And therefore, it would not be considered something which Truma was not taken off of. Rameir says anyone who assigns less than 200 in a Ksuba to a Basula, or less than 100 to an Almana, it's called a Bilas Znus. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it might be okay. According to Rabbi Yaisi, you can do this, even Lachatchila, and it's not considered a Bilas Znus. Also, according to Rameir, a woman worries if she doesn't have a Ksuba in her Rishus. Therefore, a husband and wife are not allowed to live together without a Ksuba. And if she loses it, loses the ksuba, the husband and wife have to write another one. And we pass him like Rameir when he decrees preventative measures. Hilchasak Rameir Bigzei Raisaf. As we see, we pass him in Evan Ezer, Simen Samach Vav Sif Gemma. Finally, we say Rabbi Yehuda holds that a verbal commitment of less than 200 zuzim to a basula, or 102 in Almana, has no validity. Rabbi Yehuda says any condition, even verbal, as long as the woman consents, is valid. Tafnun Zayim. It's a machlekes amayrayim exactly when this machlekes applies. Rav Papa says that it's better to have two amayrayim arguing against each other than to have two amayrayim arguing about what a different amayra said. Rashi explains this is true since if two people are arguing with one another, they're really both right. Since we say elu ve'elu divrei elokim chayim, this is the Gemara in Erevin. Therefore, really they're both right, except that they're just arguing with each other. But really they're both right. Masha'en came in the second case where two amayrayim are arguing on what a different amayra said. One of them has to be wrong, because the other Amira only said one thing. Therefore, that's not as good of a situation. The next mission. We know that there are two steps to every marriage. There's an Erisin and an Nesuin. It used to be back then, there was a period of time, typically 12 months, between the Erisin and the Nesuin. Today, we do both of those under the Chuppah, at the wedding, at the same time. In the Erisin, it's possible to do Erisin either with Kesef, with Shtar, or with Bia. Today our meaning is to do Erisin with Kesef. When a man says, Hareat Mikudeshes Li Betabas Zu, Kadash Maisha Yisrael, the Betabas Zu is he gives her the ring, which has a value of Kesef, and the Erisin is Chal at that point. Then comes the question of Nesuin. What exactly today do we do for Nesuin? There are a number of different shitas with this. There are Mab Paskins that Nesuin, Bizman Hazet, is the Chuppah. The fact that they stand under the Chuppah, that is the Chalais Nesuin. And that's what's called Nesuin, standing under the Chuppah. And this is, in fact, how we Paskin. The Rambam and the Mechaber say that the Yichud, which is Haroi Labia, Yichud Haroi Labia, when they go into the Yichud room, quiet together, and they're by themselves, that Yichud, which is Roy Labia, that's considered the Nesuin. Others Paskin that the Badeking, that's considered the Nesuin. We Paskin like the Ramah, that Chuppah is the Chalais Nesuin, but we actually do all three of these things to make sure to be Chayshish for all these different Shittas. According to the Vilna Gain, he has another sheet on what Nesuin is. He says that Nesuin is when he actually takes her into his house. That constitutes a Nesuin. The Magad Avram adds that it's best not to be mafsik with speeches, with songs, etc. between the Birchas Nesuin and the Yichud. It's one of those once from the time that they do the Birchas Nesuin, which is the Sheva Brachas today, until they have the Yichud, they should try to get to the Yichud as quickly as possible. And there are many different Afgaminas between what 
a husband and wife are mechuyiv to one another between whether they've had Erosin or they've actually had the Nesuin. This includes, for example, Yerusha, of anything that belongs to her, Tuma, if he's a Kayan, so if they only had Erosin, he cannot be Metamifer. If they had Nesuin, he can be Metamifer. Hafaras Nadarim, he can only be made for Nadar for someone if he, if, he, if she was a Nesuin, not if she was an Arusa. Misa, whether what, depending what she gets, if she uh, does Misa Biznus, if she gets Skila or Chanek, depending on if Anara Humurasa would get Skila, but everybody else would get Chanek. Achila Bitruma, that only Truma Midrabanan is only Mutter if she's actually an Asua, not if she's an Arusa. Or the Chiyav that a husband has to a wife to feed her Mizainus. That's only a Chiyav if there was actually an Asua. The Mishnah we're going to learn here deals in sort of the no man's land. That there was sort of a, she was sort of an Arusa, but she was really a little bit of, a, of, of sort of an Asua, because really he should have made the Nesuan by that particular point in time. And the Mishnah says, A Basula is allowed to have 12 months from the time of Arusan, in order to prepare for the Nesuin. Once the 12 months is finished, they should really have done the Nesuin by that point in time. And Amana, however, gets only 30 days. Let's say the time came due. 12 months came, and now they should have done the Nesuin. And they did not get married because it's his fault. He said, you know, I need a little bit more time. So although she's really only in Arusa, but because this man already came to do the Nesuin, she's sort of like a Nesuin already. It's kind of no man's land here. So how do we paskin Lagabi all these different types of things? Is she considered an Arusa, or is she considered an Nesuin? If the 12 months pass and it's his fault and he wanted additional time, then he has to feed her and clothe her anyway, even though they didn't actually make the Nesuin. And if he's a Kayan, she's Mutter Bitruma. We know that an Arusa can eat Truma Midaraisa, but in Midarabanan, they asked her from eating Truma until the Nesuin. This is an exception. At this point, she's considered sort of a Nesuin, and therefore she can eat Truma anyways. And the Gemara says, A father whose daughter is a Katana, he can marry her off, but it's better to wait until she's a Gedailah. Since when a man marries a woman, it's like he's kind of her. That's why she can eat truma when she marries a kain. Midaraisa, a woman can eat truma right after Erisin, but Midrabanan, she must wait until Nesuin, since after Erisin, we're afraid that she may share it with her brothers and sisters, or they may never have Nesuin because of a Mekachtais, Mishum Simpain, he might find a mum in her. Therefore, it would be considered like a Mekachtais. Therefore, she should have never been able to eat truma in the first place. That's why we have to wait till after Nesuin. And therefore, it would be like a czar eating truma, which is awesome.